Welcome to The Drift, your resource on all things business strategy, entrepreneurship, and leadership. I'm your host, Aloiza, and today's guest is Laura Monkholm, president and co-founder of Walla. Prior to her current role, Laura gained a wealth of experiences for managing people, processes, and solutions at recognizable boutique health and wellness brands. And in supporting studios around the world, she learned what it truly takes to not only win over customers, but also drive studio owners to success. Welcome, Laura. Thank you. That was a nice little intro. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> of course. And, you know, we're, I definitely spoke incredibly broadly, but there's so many mm-hmm. unique experiences that you've had and learnings, especially as it relates to your current role and how you're helping studio owners to date. So I'm excited yeah. to dive in and I think to go ahead and get us started here. Can you share with us a little background on yourself and you know, how you got to where you're at today? Sure. Um, you know, I feel like it's so funny the older I get now, there's a longer story. <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> the I guess, kind of what started me on this path and kind of the fitness and, and wellness world is I was an athlete. I played sports all my life. I was a college volleyball player, um, D1, absolutely loved competing in any way I possibly could. Um, but ended up with injuries. And so I stumbled upon yoga after my college volleyball career and really um, actually hated the practice at first. It was so slow and so, you know, not focused around competition and performance, (laughs) which wasn't what I was used to. Um, But it actually, it forced me into a different mindset, which I think I really needed at that point in time. Um, especially starting a sales career after college and really needing some some sort of an outlet. Um, and I really was interested in the business that the businesses that I worked for. So I, I ultimately started teaching yoga and started working with studio owners on, you know, how is it that you schedule your classes and why do you put me in this slot and why do you price your memberships the way you do or your plans the way you do? And so it was just really curiosity that got me into learning a little bit about the business side of fitness and, and studios, boutique fitness studios primarily. Uh, and I stumbled into meeting an amazing woman named Katie Brower. Um, she's a fantastic yoga teacher and she owned a little studio here in Del Mar, California for a while that I taught at. And she and I just connected on the general love for yoga and business and the being able to kind of marry the soul of yoga with the competitive spirits of business and the exciting highs and lows of business. She was a competitive snowboarder. And so we both kind of had these competitive backgrounds and loved that. Um, and she was one of the initial people who started the programming at Yoga 6. And she brought me in to run the first uh, Yoga 6 studio here in San Diego and do all the change management after acquiring a large studio um, help them with developing sales processes and operations. And that led me to really needing to understand the software that studios were using. Um, I was pretty frustrated most of the time by the, the software that was out there and really took it upon myself to become an expert so that when there were challenges, I was able to solve them with the data, the analytics, the answers that I needed, um, which for most people I think were a challenge to find. So that's that's really was the, the beginning of my interest in and kind of obsession with <laughs> studio software. 
And ultimately after leaving Yoga 6, I started doing business consulting and software consulting for fitness studios all over the world. And I absolutely loved getting to know these studio owners and learning about their businesses, their passions, what it was that you know, excited them enough to take a leap into entrepreneurship when they were usually just some sort of a trainer or teacher or, you know, not a full-time business person beforehand. And it was so rewarding to help them develop processes and execute on things that had been such a challenge and really see their businesses begin to thrive and then pay themselves and have something that was scalable and replicable and feel successful. Because I think in this industry, it's really common for studio owners to tie success to not just the money side of things, the the profitability, but also the success of their clients. And so there's a lot of emotion tied to success in this business. And it's it drives me every day because I know that it's more than just the bottom line that's going to keep studio owners growing, um, going and growing. <laughs> um, so yeah, that that led me to ultimately meeting my business partner now, uh, Doug Hecht. He I had been introduced to him when he had his last startup, a company called Limber, and it was essentially a, an app for dynamic pricing or yield management for studios, um, for fitness classes. So anybody could, you know, if they're open spaces in a class, they can dynamically drop the price until they start growing or filling, and then those prices can go up. So um, he hired me as an advisor when they were starting up, and I worked with him on product market fit and really understanding what studios needed. And then he ultimately sold very quickly to MindBody about 14 or 15 months in. And we just stayed in touch. And he was their VP of consumer products for um, a few years while I was continuing to grow my consulting business. And uh, we stayed in touch. We continued to talk. And once he wrapped up with his um, time at MindBody after they were acquired by Vista, uh, we just kind of started dabbling in what could this look like if we actually built our own platform and took all of the information I had accumulated over the last 12, 15 years in this industry and all of his tech expertise and his incredible developers that would follow him anywhere and really bring this kind of marriage of the minds together and build a company. So that is what became Walla. My goodness, that in itself gave me so many questions. Um, I think <laughs> it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful journey too, by the way. And if I think through this, right, I love the fact that you've got that sports background because the second that you took that jump from being an athlete to then knowing and understanding what are the different types of questions to ask from a business operations standpoint yeah. for studio owners, like there, there's there's a certain level of, you said it, right? There's a certain level of curiosity that yeah. is really ingrained with you, in you as an athlete because you're constantly thinking in that role, like, you know, yes, I'm given this play. Yes, I'm part of this team. How can we make this better? How can we make this play right. better? How can we think about the next game, right? right. All these different like layers are, are kind of like ingrained into your body and like ultimately then that skills and transferred over to how that could ultimately really be a kind of what I'm trying to say, <laughs> well, whatever word I'm trying to say right now, I think you're starting yeah. to get it, but- yeah. Um, I, I think that's incredibly interesting too. And when you think about even from a product standpoint, product and technology is 
a really fascinating space to be in, especially nowadays. And I say that because of a lot of different factors, which I certainly do not have to share with you because you certainly know more than I do. (laughs) Um, But one thing that's top of mind is that because technology has advanced and has become a little bit actually a lot more accessible really mm-hmm. and truly in the past few For years sure. um consumers have a whole nother expectation of technology they are more equipped they're more advanced they're more educated right. on even the basic flow and design of technology so i think kind of like going into that first first theme right how would you say this evolution of technology has played a role not only within the health and wellness space but also the second layer of how you've seen it of course outside of walla duh obviously but just generally speaking um for the betterment of studio operations and for those that are part of the studios yeah great question and honestly it's it's made it's given so much the advance of technology has given so much access to so many more people which is the beauty of, of where we've landed today. Um, but there's an expectation that things will be quick and easy. Um, I think just the world of Facebook and Instagram where we can literally see a, an image or a video and within three clicks have purchased a $300 pair of shoes or you know whatever it might be. And our information is autofilled and our credit cards are already in there and there is zero friction in the buying experience. That kind of, I don't know, interaction or um, experience is just just flat out expected now. So when there is any kind of friction in a buying process or friction in a a learning and education or sign up process, people get pretty frustrated and give up. And so that's been one of the challenges in our industry is traditionally, there are a lot of hurdles up front for people to sign up with a studio and, you know, develop some sort of an account or relationship. There are a lot of questions. There are a lot of options on what to buy. And so the the friction that starts immediately alienates some people and you lose them. Um, what's available now are quick and easy things like, you know, Peloton or like, um, you know, literally on your Apple phone, on your phone, Apple has fitness programs. So there are so many ways we can access fitness and wellness. What hasn't really changed and what I think will always be there in the boutique fitness studio world is a sense of belonging, a sense of accountability, and and a true visceral sense of community. So you can absolutely have online communities, which is another awesome advancement in technology, right? Like we wouldn't have survived the last couple of years without online communities and, and actually having an interaction like this over, over a computer screen. But we as human beings crave physical human presence. And there is something about being in a room and having the energy lifted by a teacher who's telling you you're doing an awesome job and knowing they're speaking to you directly, not to a general screen and that is supposed to cover all you know 200,000 people out in the world. So it's, it's just a different experience. And I think being able to build something now that's offering studios a modern um, a modern approach that meets customer expectations from an ease and simplicity standpoint and brings those people into the studio so they can still have the human connection side of things is really what you know what fires me up and what makes me believe that you know in-person fitness is not dead it's not going anywhere we have this beautiful now ancillary and kind of um, complementary side of things in the virtual world. And, and I, I absolutely think that's needed. It's awesome. 
Um, but I think the expectation now is, you know, I can have what I want when I want. When I want that human connection, I have it. When I want to be lazy and not get out of bed and just roll, uh, you know, onto my yoga mat on the floor, I can hit play and do the class from home. So it's, uh, you know, to answer your question, there are incredible expectations now from the consumers, but I really don't think it's as hard as many business owners think to meet those expectations. And, and that's our goal at Wallet is really to make it as simple as possible on the studio owner to create and kind of facilitate that experience. This really hits home for me. And I think, oh my goodness, there's so many things I want to be able to ask you here because this, mm-hmm. is, this is obviously incredibly top of mind for all studio owners because you're right. Yeah. It, it doesn't have to be as complicated as it seems, but in the minds right now of studio owners, it, it, it is very challenging. Yeah. One, first and foremost, that, that kind of brought us top of mind for me is I'm a very big Amazon purchaser. Um, <laughs> Amazon, you've taken a lot of my money. Yeah. Um, and I I've even gotten to a point of us. too. <laughs> but I've even gotten to a point where I even put a filter that I will only look at products that are on Prime and next day shipping. If not, right. we'll get there today. And oh you know, I think through, it's so funny because I'm like, that's exactly right. But, um, but in, and I think about though to the health and wellness world. One of the things that I'm struggling with and that I'm challenged with is for the majority of the consumers, right? The majority of the members, it's a very intimate experience. Mm-hmm. It's a very intimate relationship that they are building with their trainer um, and with their studio. And in order to get there, you know, there's this, there's this entire kind of like long form intake process now that we have mm-hmm. to go through in order to meet that ex- expectation of creating that intimate and deep rooted connection. So it's like, right. what comes first, the chicken and the egg situation? I don't totally. really know if that's the right analogy. Um, yeah. But, you know, going to that first phase of acquiring the customer, you know, mm-hmm. 71% by McKinsey and Company, 71% mm-hmm. of customers are saying that they would rather expect for businesses to deliver that personalized interaction. Right. The caveat is that in order to deliver that personalized interaction, there is some give and take from the member. Like they have to be able to put right. in the effort to put in their information, all the things. Like, let me, there's like all these different questions that come up on that specific topic alone. But what are, you, what are your thoughts on all of that? Yeah. yeah, it absolutely impacts the customer acquisition process because the holy grail is being able to get enough information in the shortest and easiest amount of time, like kind of effort and time, right? And so we have a couple ways to go to work around that. But ultimately for us, getting people to step through the door is the best thing you can do. So we lean a little heavier on less information up front, more interaction once they step in the physical doors of the studio or of the business, or even the virtual doors of the studio. And one of the one of the reasons I actually said yes. So, so Doug, my business partner asked me ultimately, he said, okay, we've got to do this. Like we've got to start this company. And I was like, oh my God, no. Like, are you kidding? I've heard how much money it takes to, that we'd have to raise to do this. Like, there's no way. And I hear about how hard tech startups are. Like I have got two kids. How do you do that? Um, But ultimately he introduced me to a gentleman named John Hartman, who is the CEO of Skill Power. It's a company that has been working with leading researchers in behavioral psychology and specifically focused around health and wellness. So what is it that motivates an individual to build a habit, to step back in the door of a fitness facility, to continue a regimen? 
And there are, we're all unique, right? Like there are different things that motivate me to walk back in the door than you. And so back to this idea of customization and personalized experiences, um, what we decided to do was build a personality profile quiz, which is not like your cheesy Facebook personality profile. This is built by scientists from MIT and Stanford and Penn State. Like it is all about fitness and wellness practices and motivation. So we, we kind of always joke, like instead of your love language, it's your motivation language. And there are four different personality types. And our way of facilitating this for studios is once somebody's created an account, um, the studio has the option to send this. It can be automated or not. Send uh, this personality quiz to the, the consumer. And once they have that information, which we're seeing 50% or more at studios um, are taking the quiz, which is fantastic. Um, it delivers so much powerful information. In those personality types, there are givers, thinkers, doers, and mavericks. And each one of them needs a different type of communication to feel motivated to walk back in the door or to you know, be, be excited to step into class that day. And interestingly enough, some of them are completely opposite each other. So you might be the person at the studio who needs all of the like, Hey, you're doing awesome. High fives. How are you? How are your kids doing? Like the conversation, the feeling like you're welcome or, and that's a giver. Conversely, you might be the maverick that feels like anybody high-fiving you in class is super condescending. They don't actually care about me. I'm fine on my own. I don't need your motivation. If I didn't want to be here, I wouldn't be here. And it actually turns them off and makes them not want to walk, walk back in your door. So if the personal trainer or if the teacher or if the front desk can begin to, we show it actually on the check-in screen, you've got a different color tag and a little like quick three tips on how to communicate with each type of individual. Um, we take customization to the next level. We take personalization to the to something that's going to hit home and and bring their um, their personalized motivation experience to the forefront, and also with marketing, like you can customize when we push out our our um, into information to our integration partners, our our marketing integration partners, we're sharing that. So you can send a welcome sequence, let's say, an automation automated welcome sequence to a client or clients that are givers that could look very different than the automation sequence you send to a client that's a maverick or a thinker. And so it gives you the opportunity to personalize down to a level that's more than your age, your gender, your, the, you know, the place you live and maybe your goals. Um, we know all of that too, and you can leverage those data points, but now we've got a bit of deeper psychological input that we can personalize the experience more. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. I didn't even realize this because <laughs> it's funny because in all the different sales trainings that I've been able to deliver in the past for franchise studios, right? That was always the big thing mm -hmm. that I focus on is understand like I I did a similar now a similar assessment, but obviously it wasn't it was a digital um, but yeah. placing prospects into quadrants based off of behavior personality types. And that's how oh you my communicate gosh. with them. That's awesome. Yeah, How have we so, not geeked out over this already? I'm I so know. Excited. I'm like, wow, this is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but And it's funny because the second, I would go through this whole practice with all of our sales associates and we would go through like, you know, how can you 
quickly profile somebody because you only have a few minutes to be able to make right. that make that assessment in person. And then from there, the, t- the second that you're able to determine what quadrant they're in, that's how they like to be sold. That's how they like right. to be motivated. But the fact of the matter that like this is actually something that could be expedited, advanced through with technology. Yes, that really opens up the opens up the doors, right? That that is oh a gosh. game changer. It's tip of the iceberg. Yes. What I love about this too, if I speak very broadly about this, um, and let me know what you think about this too, but I think Mm -hmm. in the traditional lens of marketing and studio operations, right, we always talk about like who are your target audiences and Mm -hmm. what are the demographics, right? What's their age range? What's their average household income? But is it right to assume that we've really got to think outside of the demographics and really think to look more at those like intrinsic motivation factors, the psychographics, what are their interest types? Yep. Um, what do they like to do for it's it's so much broader than that. Is that, would you would right. you agree? I would agree. And what's like interestingly enough, speaking to the technology piece, just the ability to have your workouts, your classes streamed at home might open up your target audience, your exact avatar so much more because there's a whole group of people that, like you said before, it's a very vulnerable and kind of intimate thing to step into a studio and have that relationship with a teacher. There's a massive group of people that never is going to feel comfortable doing that. And now we're able to access them and, you know, still have a lot of interaction and make them feel comfortable and help them succeed, but it's just in the comfort of their own home. So I totally agree with you that I think that, you know, we can, it's important for marketing to be able to know who your best customers are and who those people are that are an absolute yes to you all the time. Absolutely. But I think now we're able to step outside of that a little bit more and say, you know what, there, there may be five parties that are going to say yes to me all the time, but in different capacities, right? It might be that the stay-at-home mom was the perfect person for us before, but now because of our hybrid model, the working parent who very, you know, sometimes can make it into the studio, but a lot of times is not going to have time for that drive can do it from home now and still be on a recurring membership and stay committed to their, you know, practice or workouts at our studio. So just this opening up of physical location for your classes has expanded most people's target audience dramatically. I completely agree. So on along those same lines then, because I want to touch on, you know, if there are studio owners, which I know, I know some of you guys listening right now are studio owners. So, um, you know, <laughs> the studios owners out there that are trying to figure out and for lack of better words, you know, bridge the gap between in real life and digital Right. What does that look like for you? Like, what would you recommend for them to think about when it, when you want to be able to create and simulate those very meaningful and deep rooted connections in, and um, really honestly, like communication tactics too? Right. Yeah. I mean, right now, what we're seeing is that studios that have a nicely curated video on demand library are doing well with retaining the at home crowd. Um, the live stream, depending on where you are, it's it's a little tough because demographics are playing to uh, uh, play a big part in this. There are some city, cities that were really locked down and people really built habits doing their workouts from home. And they're not, you know, they, they love the live stream experience. They're fine with it now. But a lot of America opened up, you know, a while ago. And so people are back into the studio, but like having that live stream experience when they can't make it. So I do think it's important to have um, kind of a leg in both worlds or a foot in both worlds, because 
you are going to be able to, first of all, you'll lose fewer clients. The churn is going to be lower because a lot of people's excuses for canceling memberships or for pausing memberships for long periods of time is travel related or work is really busy. It's my busy season or, you know, it's summer, the kids are out of school. I can't get to my class on time. So it kind of removes that objection for the client and you can engage them from home or from wherever they are on the road with video on demand or live stream. So super important, especially going into this time of year, we're going into summer. This is typically where the studios lose a lot of members. They have a lot of members on pause. Um, and, and it's just a little harder to acquire new customers. So I, I think that's a really important piece of the puzzle. I also think that, um, having engagement with those individuals is important. So let's say you've been live streaming for a while and you're just not seeing it pick up. Typically what what I see in those live stream experiences, like the teacher last second goes and hits play and, or like turns on the Zoom and is like, hey guys, and then starts the class. There's no engagement with the individuals before. So the studios I see doing this really well actually has, maybe it's a front desk staff person or somebody whose job is to, be the concierge for those individuals who are coming in live stream, check in on them, ask them about, you know, how their body's feeling today, any requests and poses, whatever it might be that's going to engage that individual, make them feel like they're a part of the community and a part of what's happening at the studio is going to make it so much easier to retain those live stream folks. So I think it's, I mean, for lack of a better term, half-assing live stream is not going to be successful for most studios. If you treat those people and like engage with them the way you do people in person, it's going to work. That's exactly right. That's also to a wonderful idea. I haven't seen the concierge for live stream classes. That's amazing. I think that's exactly what everybody should be doing. Right. I mean, it's think about when you walk in a studio, you'll engage with the front desk staff or the teacher or have a little bit of conversation time often. And as somebody at home, it doesn't mean you don't want that. It just means that you couldn't get there to experience it. So I I fully believe you should offer it. Oh, that's exactly right. And I have a different, I have a different question too, which is still similar in along the same lines. Um, I, I'm like reflecting back on our conversations of, you know, the the buy now and one click, and really creating more of like yeah. that frictionless experience. And I put myself as actually, I'm putting myself right now into the perspective of somebody that does go back and forth between in real life experiences mm-hmm. and also digital experiences. And there's these moments in my times, like there's these moments in the weeks where as you know, some days I want to be able to select what workout I'm going to be able to do. Like I want to select right. the duration of my experience, what equipment I'm going to be using. Yeah. But then there's some days where I'm like, I do not want to have to think at all. I do not want to make any of the selections, like just do it all for right. me. So right. From a studio owner's perspective, and even in your world for um, working and consulting with different studio owners, how do you create that balance of engagement between those that do want that self-service versus white glove experience? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think part of it is learning, is getting to know the individual and also creating a roadmap for people coming in your studio. I think one of the big misses with studios is often Um, studios forget to paint what the picture of success looks like. And for some studios that might be, okay, here's a a calendar of what your first month at the studio could look like. You know, here's the calendar for the in-person folks. Here's the calendar for somebody who wants more of a flexible approach, doing it from home, doing it from here. Um, 
it could be as simple as like, here's your training guide for your first month with us. Or, you know, after somebody becomes a member, you can have some like a quick little interview process with them. Like, Hey, so, you know, I know you said here, like your goal was, um, less stress, you know, like you're super stressed at work. However, class has been working for you. I think there's so much more of an opportunity to engage with people. And it's, it's become very transactional in a lot of studios, partly because of ClassPass, partly because of, you know, the MindBody app or other aggregators that just float people through your door for dropping classes um, where you don't necessarily own that relationship with the consumer. Um, what we advocate a lot at Walla is like you, the studio are the hero. You are the one that should own the relationship because like you said, this is a very vulnerable, intimate relationship and we need to make sure that you feel prepared with all the information possible. So take advantage of that shoot the person a text and just say, Hey, we're so happy that you, you know, bought a 10 pack with us or joined as a member. Like what does success look like for you? What, how can we help you? Is it helping you with your calendar? Can we show you what an ideal calendar looks like, an ideal class schedule? Can we help you choose between like which live stream or VOD classes are best for you and your body right now? I, I just think the conversation is missing oftentimes. Studios, some studios do this incredibly well where there is a personal contact. There's a kind of a, you know, a membership coordinator that does some of that work when people join on with them. Um, Studios that do personal training and more small group do this very well. And that's why their retention rates are so high. The bigger the classes, the harder it is to do. So it's it's a very worthwhile investment to have an individual that helps paint the picture of success. And you can do that on a broad scale by literally just building a like, here's the success calendar. You know, here's what a, a weekly schedule can look like, should look like for somebody who's interested in X, Y, or Z. And I almost feel like it's really, like you said it, right? It's the conversation. It's the over-communication yeah. and taking the guesswork out of everything too because they've, yeah. my goodness, members are making constant decisions on a daily basis. Maybe right. they don't need to make all the decisions for it with, right. when they come into a studio. Exactly. One of the best learnings I ever had at a business or at my studio was asking someone if I could help them schedule out their week. Um, cause she was just saying like, Oh my God, let me get my calendar. You know, like, I don't know when I'm going to be able to be here. And I was like, well, do you want me to help you out? Like, let's look at who's teaching. Let's look at the types of classes. And we literally put every class in her, like booked her into every class for the week. And she was so thrilled to have that choice, that decision-making off her plate and just something she didn't have to think about. And she was like, you know what, now I'm going to show up because I'm not sitting there at 10 o'clock the night before being like, Oh my God, am I going to be awake enough to make it to class? Like, now I'm going to plan my week around this rather than my week deciding if I can make it or not. So I think there's always an opportunity to, like you said, take the guesswork out of it, help them make those decisions. We live in a society where we are just bombarded with information that is demanding decision-making from us all the time. And if we can remove one of those like decisions and challenges off of their plate, that's for sure going to benefit them. They're going to be happy. I love everything that you're saying. The way that you think too, I love the the statement that, you know, we got to meet the members and the consumers where they are. Mm. The additional bonus, the cherry on top is to meet them where they're going and everything, all of your experiences are certainly, certainly going to that point. But I'd love to actually kind of go a little bit even more broader, but um, yeah. speaking about Walla, right? We haven't had a chance yes. to chat about like, what is Walla, what you're building, what yes, you have to, yes, and yes. also okay. any exciting things coming up. 
Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I get to talk about my business now. <laughs> um, all right. So Walla, for those of you that are scratching your heads, like, what is she talking about? I've never heard of this. Uh, Walla, Walla is a studio management platform for boutique fitness studios. So we built a really modern interface. It's designed by and built for people in specifically the boutique fitness space. So um, we built initially for class-based businesses, although we're adding appointments in the next six weeks or so. Um, for businesses that do one-on-one sessions and personal training. But the exciting thing about Walla is we not only brought in this personality typology and the ability to customize the client experience, but we've also made it really, really easy to understand the data on your clients, to understand contextually what somebody's what somebody means to your business. So we have dashboards on each client's profile, you know, giving you a glimpse into, you know, the teachers they go to, the class types they like, their visit history over time. Um, Same thing with your staff members. We give you a really deep dive into who your staff members are, what personality types are uh, attracted to them, how reliable they are. Do they teach their classes? We want you to be able to make decisions about your business. Like I was saying before, we're trying to help you make decisions about your business and then take action. So one of the things that always blows people away in our in our demos is the, the ease of reporting and how reporting is so, it's dashboard based for the most part. So it's very, very easy to understand and kind of get a picture of what's happening in the business. But we have action steps from almost every report, whether it's select all of these clients and send them a text message, or it's, um, you know, take action on this by retrying a credit card that's failed. So we try to make things like a few less steps than you might have to take in any other platform. Um, We've also designed from the ground up with virtual in mind. So we like to say we, we treat virtual as an equal citizen in our platform and We have a direct integration with Zoom where you don't need any third parties for the Zoom links to go out. So if you are live streaming a class, it's literally when you schedule it, it's it's this class live streamer in person. The second you check live stream, it generates a Zoom meeting and that is texted and emailed out to your clients um, when they sign up for it. And we also have a video on demand library in Walla. So that can be accessed either by membership, like you can offer it as a perk in your um, unlimited members plan, or you can sell a video on demand only membership. So we kind of took all of these, you know, integrations and partners and other platforms outside of your studio management platform that most people had to have as, you know, side, side software subscriptions. And we brought it all under one roof and made it really, really applicable to where the modern studio is. Um, I also got to solve all of the nitpicky little issues that I had with other software platforms in the past. So that was like a dream. Like it it almost was like catharsis to be like, oh my God, I can have my late cancel and no-show fees charge automatically. And they charge 24 hours later because I know half of the people are going to send me a text message and be like, oh my God, my kid was sick. So I don't have to go in and refund that charge. I just can stop the penalty from happening before it charges. Like little things like that, that I just know took an extra hour of my day every day. I'm like, I'm giving these studio owners an hour back to hang out with their families and cook dinner maybe or whatever. And uh, I mean, you'll find that all through the software. I I absolutely love how many just little problems I got to solve. (laughs) 
That's amazing. I think that, <laughs> and I also may be incredibly biased too because I know what these pain points are because I have lived them for yes, years. For exactly. years, I have lived them. Um, you know, but <laughs> that's amazing. I think that it actually comes full circle too. Uh, when we think about just like the entire health and wellness industry in itself and where it's going, right? Yeah. The work that you're doing right now, you're you're making it easier for studio owners to do what they love. You're making it yep. easier for them to take the guesswork out and mm-hmm. to really focus on what matters the most, which is creating those right. deep-rooted connections with those members. And right. man, in a nutshell, like that's exactly what it's all about, right? Yeah, that's what, I mean, that's what gets me out of bed every day. I, I like to tell this story because it's so it's my why you know I I just have Mm -hmm. such a deep memory of being at my studio on a Saturday afternoon and I was seven months pregnant with my daughter I'm sorry my son and I was so tired my daughter was at home all I wanted to do was like go home and hang out with my almost two-year-old and I could not my one of my teachers had asked me for a raise and I could not for the life of me figure out how to understand if this teacher should get it. Like I needed to understand their profitability, what like their reliability is, how many classes they had had subbed. I just wanted to have data points to come back to them. And I was just like, this can't be this hard. Like I just want to go home. And I just remember sitting there bouncing on my pregnancy ball, like tears streaming down my face and just the end of a long week. And I have that memory so often because I'm like, you know what? Every time I solve one of these little problems for studio owners, I give them that energy back. I give them that, you know, mm. fire to go back into their studio or even to to go home and see their family and re- reinvigorate themselves so they can step in the door and be their, their best selves for their clients. Um, so I don't know. It's a pretty rewarding thing right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is amazing. And thank you for sharing all of this. So final yeah. question for you. Okay. If you could give advice to a young woman that is designed to be a future entrepreneur or executive, what would you share with them? I love this question. Uh, the first thing I would share with them is don't be shy about your strengths. I find I interview young women all the time now. And so often if I bring to the table some sort of a question like, you know, tell me about your superpower, superpower. Like when you step into a room or when you join a team, what is it that everybody is just wowed by? And they'll be like, well, um, you know, and it takes them a while and they'll give me some sort of like, I'm really good with people. And there's not a lot of like, you know what, I am, I am a light when I walk in a room, you know, there's not a lot of confidence around it. And I just want to empower women to be like, you know what, I bring a lot to the table and you would be lucky to have this, you know, like the, just the confidence in your skills and your strengths, um, the other thing is to just always be a student. There are so many people you can learn from. Um, I've been men, women, and everything in between. You know, like I've been really, really blessed to have some incredible people in more senior positions to me um, throughout my career. And I think what's helped me is constantly asking questions and being the student and learning and being humble enough to say, like, I actually know nothing about what you're talking about, and I probably should pretend like I do, but I really want to know, you know, like just, just being humble and, and asking the questions. So curiosity, actually, like you said earlier, you know, with, with being an athlete, I don't know if that's where it stems from, but 
the curiosity and the hunger to get better and to learn more and to improve is just so key in becoming a business owner or an executive or however you know you want to position yourself in a company. Oh my gosh, this has been amazing and I can't agree more too. So thank you, Laura, for your time. And as mentioned, make sure to check out Walla, a modern studio management success platform. Looking to hear more what's happening in the health, wellness, and sports industry? Subscribe to this podcast and we'll catch you next time on The Drift.